Hi, everyone. You're listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsfield with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the Mayor's Office in the city of Pittsfield. Thanks for tuning in. Today we have with us Vinnie Barbarada, Highway Superintendent for the City of Pittsfield, and Cheryl Meyer, Executive Director for Downtown Pittsfield, Inc. But right now we're going to kick things off with Vinnie. Welcome, Vinnie. Morning, everybody. <laughs> you know, I always joke with you because I say no one can miss you in your bright orange shirt. And you have said that the shirts are getting brighter. Yes. Okay. All right. And so is mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about the shirt. Is it because we don't want people to... To miss you and your team out in the streets? Or? Yeah, it's high-vis. Um, we require vests on all our guys. Uh-huh. And I don't want to go in and out of a vest all day, so right. I stay visible. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it, um, it alerts my guys I'm on my way. Yeah. Or in sight. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vinny, um, certainly we, we can never miss you. And you're a towering presence. So mm-hmm. between the shirt and your height, we can never miss you. But I always like to start things off with a brief background. And I think a lot of people know your name. They know that you work for the city. But your family has deep, deep roots in the city of Pittsville. And I don't think that I could talk about you without talking about your family. And for those who may not know um, the Barbaradas, um, I just want to give a brief background. And even for those who do, I think it's important to set the stage mm-hmm. and acknowledge um, your foundation and where you come from. So you are a native son of Pittsfield through and through. Correct. <laughs> so both of your parents, Alfonso Barbarada and Alvera, am I pronouncing her name right? Yes, you are. Alvera Bianchi Barbarada. And they were the children of Italian immigrants and they were born in Pittsfield. Do you know which part of Italy your your parents your your grandparents were from? I don't. Um I would venture a guess, but I yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get my siblings wound up on that, this. One. That's okay. And I'm that, not sure they know. I mean, my oldest sister, maybe, but yeah, yeah, me yeah. being down the bottom. Yeah. I, I was wondering if you know Italian. No. Oh, too okay. young. Too young. All right. So you're parents- too old now, too young then. Well, never too old to start. Or, right. Never. Right, right. But your parents were married in 1947, and you have a huge family. So you have, they had six sons and four daughters. Yes. As. I can't go through this without mentioning my wife's side yeah. is also from a family of 10, Wow, um, six and four. And lo and behold, we're both the eighth child out of 10, which wow. was took us a while to, <laughs> to know that. So how my parents raised 10 kids back in that day, because the rule being both the eighth child that we were going to have 10. So wow. that we negated that in a hurry. <laughs> that you know, it's it's. Uh, I'm fascinated by it because we don't really hear stories about people having families that that large anymore. But mm-hmm. it's an amazing thing because you have um, built-in friends, and as we're going to learn in your family, you not only have siblings, but you have friends. You have people that you know. These these are your loved ones because sometimes right. you hear about siblings, but they don't even talk. Right. And you guys do a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, we're not shy. Right. And let it be known that my parents, my mom, mm-hmm. and this goes for everyone, my siblings, my cousins, yeah. throughout was handed down through us, <clears throat> excuse me, from my mom yeah. side, especially my dad, that we only raised 10 kids. We probably raised another 50 kids. Yeah. There was people staying at our house sometimes. My dad would be away at work a mm-hmm. month at a time, mm-hmm. raising the money for the family, he'd come home like, who's in my house? And it was, we yeah. raised and helped many, many children yeah. that was passed down to all of us. We've also done it in my house with mm-hmm. several kids. Mm-hmm. My cousin's done it. My brothers have done it. Sisters have done it. Mm. It's amazing. Where do you think, thinking about your dad, where do you think that sense of sort of opening up the doors and community? Because I've, I've heard about it in other families, but... Did he ever say why it was important to have the doors open to people beyond the family? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That would more so my mom. Your because mom. Being my dad, a family of 10, and yeah. um, he worked, he was a painter and he traveled many, he traveled mm-hmm. Holiday Inn mm-hmm. back then, and there's times he'd be in Iowa mm-hmm. for months at a time and stuff. So, mom, mom didn't, it didn't matter to mom. You were always welcome in the Barbarada house. It mm-hmm. didn't matter, especially on the holidays and the stuff you'll find out a little later. And um, my dad always welcomed it. Yeah. He didn't question it. He yeah. just questioned it. Didn't, you know, he didn't know, he wouldn't know anybody by, by name. Right. 
when he come home. He just Sometimes come home his own children. Face, like, <laughs> yeah. who's this guy? Who's that guy? <laughs> so, don't worry, we're just helping him out for the while. That I think that um, that speaks to the love, right? Yep. Um, the foundation of love, and um, that that family went beyond blood. So, um, one, obviously, you guys had the strong foundation. Let's talk a little bit more. You just mentioned your dad. You mentioned that um, he was a painter. He traveled. He also um, served in in the Navy. Yes. And he served in World War II, right? World War II, yep. Okay. Correct. All right. And your mom, I know that she, she, she was a force in her own right, and she did a lot of work um, in regards to just with, with children and young people. And I think at Morningside Community School, they actually um, honored her with dedicating a community room her name along with another um, Pittsfield resident I want to say her name was um, Mary Lou Broder 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 yes and um, yeah so tell me a little bit about that those two were um, inseparable okay Mary Lou Broder and the Broder family lived across the street from us on mm-hmm. Parker Street mm-hmm. and they were both <clears throat> had their hand in with the children in the schools I want to say he started at Rice School okay now I'm a little too young for you to know that one on Winter Street okay. that they tore down with an annex in that we didn't have paraprofessionals back then. My mom was the paraprofessional at that time and Mary Lou. Okay. <clears throat> which they installed this by the time it got to Morningside and kicked off mm-hmm. a program for paraprofessionals that they're needed as assistants and stuff. But they did it for many years not getting paid. What? They were known to have a breakfast, coffee, and both go to the school all day, non paid. Mind you, for years mm-hmm. until this, um, they built Morningside, mm-hmm. which my mom was very upset that we built that next to a jail at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we used to fight that. But um, mm-hmm. the honor in them putting them two in that room was so deserving because the two of them had so much to do mm-hmm. with the paraprofessionals and the help that's in the schools today mm-hmm. that they both volunteered for for years to start that program. I got to ask you because you came you have a big family Vinny. So how where did your mom find the time? It's amazing. And it's it's like myself, she taught me this. I don't know how I do it at times mm-hmm. and it just gets done. Mm-hmm. She don't you don't question her if it's Thanksgiving time and did you go out and buy them 27 pies that you made or did you stay up all night? Mm-hmm. She stayed up all night or probably two or three nights mm-hmm. and made these stuff and so you never went you never went hungry in this house right. ever. Ever. And you're talking Parker Street. Parker Street was a big area. Yeah. And um everybody was there. If you weren't there and known on a Thanksgiving Eve, mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. um everybody has their traditional turkey. We yeah. had two or three turkeys. We probably had a ham. Then we have our signature meatballs. Wow. We were there two days before Thanksgiving Eve. Probably lasagna, eggplant. Um, you could go on and on, pasta, the bread, the homemade. That was always a tradition. No matter what the traditional dinner was, we yeah. had to have the Italian. So did the children help to cook? Some did. Some ate while she cooked it. Some, okay. Um, did she not want help in the kitchen? No. No, if you got caught with your hand in there, you just got hit with a spoon. Or, she's, to this day, and um, God bless her, and her stone in the up at the St. Joe Cemetery, on the back of her stone reads, upstairs making meatballs. <laughs> Engraved in the back of her stone yeah. with a big rose on the front and the stuff. And it's, um, people know her famously for her meatballs. Then only a couple of us, the family, got the recipe I was gonna, for so. I was going to ask because sometimes those recipes have a way of just maybe going by the, the wayside. Nah. No. No, not that. Okay. No, these are very secret. Oh, uh, secret. My sister Fran will tell you. Uh-huh. There's a couple of us, but we also have it all. Our, whether it's holiday, like we got a big our Christmas party's coming mm-hmm. up on December 11th, and whatever we go on, we get a chance to talk to the public or yeah. somebody else. We always say, brothers, like I'm going to say now, Vinny was mom's favorite. Okay, <laughs> Vinny got the Vinny's got the meatball recipe. Uh-huh. Um, Vinny's her favorite. Uh-huh. That was her pet peeve, and the, we used to wear shirts. I'm her favorite. No, I'm the favorite. No, I'm I the heard favorite. a story about that that everyone sort of was mom's favorite. Did she yeah. give you the nickname too? I think everyone had a nickname. You were nicknamed Skinny Vinny. Yeah. Uh huh. And Vincenzo from oh, Vincenzo. Mary Lou brought in the other. I was uh-huh. Vincenzo or Skinny Vinny. That. Okay. Were you really not really so skinny? much no more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you said it. I did it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Vince. I just want to ask you, you know, when, when your dad passed in 2001, there were 19 grandchildren and one great-grandchild. And this past summer, your, your family had a reunion in Pittsville, and your daughter, Jacqueline, posted a beautiful family photo. So I need to know, what does that number look like right now? Originally, 19 nephews and nieces, and there was one grandchild at the time. Mm-hmm. To date, 2000. 2021, we have the new number is 27 great-grandchildren, two great-great-grandchildren, total of 48 and nine 19 originals. So that's no parents involved. Wow. This is now 48. So 48. when we talk, like our Christmas party, we can't go to mom's house no more, Vinny's house. Yeah. Nobody, we have to go to... Skyline Country Club. Okay. We have to go to proprietors. We have to go this year's at GEAA mm-hmm. for anybody that wants to come up after it uh, on December 11th. What do you mean December. anyone? Like anyone can well, just what, show up? Yeah, what we do what we do is like the, my brother will put out itinerary, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's on Facebook by now everywhere, <laughs> telling <laughs> that we have our party. Say like noon to three will yeah. be our immediate family. We'll go eat. It's just us. And as of four o'clock... It opens to our family and mm-hmm. friends, which hundreds of them show up, and then Santa Claus comes at five. Oh my gosh! We're getting the presents out, and then from there, it's history. DJ turns the music on, and it's a hoedown. Well, I, I mean, I think considering everything you said about just how you are raised, your your home being open to everyone in the community, um, and also just the sense of family that your your parents instilled in in, in all of you. It's not surprising that you carry on these traditions. Um, I know that you and your brothers have an annual brothers trip. Now I got to ask you: Is mm-hmm. it just for the the guys? Um, yes, it was at the time because it was always sports oriented. Okay. My brothers are tied into a foundation called the Walter Camp with the All Americans, mm-hmm. and it would involve going to probably flying into Chicago, going down to see Notre Dame play mm-hmm. on Saturday, go to see the. Uh, Michael Jordan play in Chicago nice. and then Sunday maybe catch the Bears game mm-hmm. you know and the brothers and it was the, <laughs> the girls never really got involved in it and were it they was, invited um I'm gonna leave that to my <laughs> other brother I didn't do the itinerary on that one but they're and this we haven't gone in in several years okay. I mean COVID had a lot to of do with course. it we still go our families have grown obviously growing apart a little bit yeah they're all we're spread out pretty good. Yeah. Four of them are in Connecticut. That's right. They've got their own businesses started right. and, and stuff. And they we still go to games and sometimes mm-hmm. not always together. We look forward to right. all these guys. And let's go where you guys want to go this year. And I right. said, you just book it and off we go. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I love to hear stories about large families because I, I don't come from a large family like that. I just mm-hmm. I only have one brother. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, to me, I think just a sense of camaraderie and the love and um, how that just continues to expand with the grands and the great grands and the great great grands. It's amazing. Tell me a little bit about the Bianchi Barbarata Foundation. Um, I know that this is a a foundation that um, the purpose is to support young people um, and their achievements in Berkshire County. Youth. Youth. Mostly youth. Youth. And um, I would be heartfelt to leave out mom. Mm-hmm. The Bianchi Barbarata comes in. My mom, my mom was Elvira Bianchi, That's and right. my uncle Al, mm-hmm. Al Bianchi, were brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Al was very big. Um, he helped run the jail back in them days. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a very, he was an official of of every sport playing. Um, yeah. He did amazing things for people in the jail, and the kids, and helped them with their lives. He took people in jail, out of jail, and mm. helped them and raised and. You know, took them in just as it's instilled. It's instilled in the Barbara Bianchi blood. It's just a hand down. Um, my nephews and nieces are getting it. Um, the love you can't, you can't buy the love in how this, how this goes. This is growth yeah. and installed in you from from my parents. Right. Now our parents, my kids get it. Mm-hmm. My kids and their kids are getting it. Right. And, and it's something I think will live on forever. The foundation has a couple, two, three fundraisers a year. Mm-hmm. We have a golf tournament raises. We've reached the $100,000 mark. Um, we've handed out over $100,000 probably to youth. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. We also give away scholarships mm-hmm. to high school students out of this foundation mm-hmm. every year. And speaking of Mary Lou Broder, my mom's best friend, I have, you're going to ask me if I'm still coaching and what I'm doing, um, the son Al Broder of Mary Lou Broder, yeah. who's been running, gave, we gave a 
first year this year mm-hmm. um, volunteer of the year award. Okay. Now he's been doing it for over 25, 30 years, the youth football from Pop Warner to this. And, and I'm on board with him as a coach for him, help him with league and assist in it. And he was overwhelmed that we put his name on our first volunteer of the year award. Mm-hmm. And it happens to be my next door neighbor, one of my best friends growing up. I said, isn't it funny the apples don't fall far? Right. So he's, um, what he does, you can't give him enough praise for what mm-hmm. he does. It was an honor to give him that first award in our name. And my parents, said, they, oh, Vinny. they're looking over, shining on us. Well, I'm, I, goodness, I mean, you, I'm just hearing you, you sound emotional just yeah. even talking about it. And, and, and I think that one, your parents would be so proud, Vinny. Oh, yeah. This, I, I have to tell you, with, with our golf tournament every year, it seems to rain. When it rains, the girls get involved who are not mm-hmm. playing golf or whatever we're doing. The whole family's there, all the nephews and nieces are there. And somehow, magically, the sun breaks out after it poured on us for a minute. Mm-hmm. And out we go on that ninth or tenth hole of the practice green in mm-hmm. a circle and the hands and the shoulders. And out comes a double rainbow mm. every time. And it just, it knocks the, you're going to cry for a little while. <laughs> and we're going to go back and have some fun. It's, um... It's emotional, and when they're shining on us, right. they know they're watching us. Yeah, that's them saying hello. That's right. And they said, "You can't. We got to stop production, stop the tournament. Everybody, pay attention." <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know cool. what, Vinny? I gotta say, it's something. There's something to be said for just that love and yeah. just the fact that you have honored you and your entire siblings have honored your parents, and the next generation has it. They did their job because yeah. you guys yeah, are the yeah. manifestation yeah. of that. So it's okay. I yeah, always yeah. say, I always tell people, it's like you know, just you know, it's okay to get emotional because um, those memories. Yeah, you can't. That's I said. You can't. You can't, you can't buy them. You, you can't. can't. You, that's that's inbred. That's installed. It's it's years of tradition. Well, now that we have. Um, you know, just established your presence, where you've come from, who you are. Tell me a little bit about the work that you do for the city as highway superintendent. No, that's a good one. Um, I was, I started out in the city probably, when was it, 2000, probably 2003 or four, Mm -hmm. as the painter for the city. As the painter for the city, I drove a beer truck prior to that. So I had my licenses. Mm-hmm. I had a CDL. I had a hoisting license mm-hmm. and stuff. And when I had down, I didn't ever say downtime, but I always went down to the highway or they always call me or Frank Canelo to go help him drive his little toys, yeah. which I had a great love for till I grew to drive the big toys yeah. to the payload and stuff. And um, never a storm that I not go help him and be out. And um, I always wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. And it... it it wound up turning into that mm-hmm. after the years I spent so much time down there. They were looking for a guy with a little enthusiasm, a guy who's not afraid to work. Yep. And I said, what was installed in me is like I was the right guy at the right time. And they actually reached out to me. And I, this is, I've been there ever since. I started as their foreman for a couple of years. Um, it was a long lasting love that I finally got to do. Yeah. I don't know if I like all these phone calls and stuff, I all the <laughs> but the toys and the plane and being out, I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to work. The weather don't bother me. Right. Um, it's well, Vinny. One one of the things is that I know in the mayor's office, you you are our go to. So when we get calls from constituents, you know, um, regard and they it runs the gamut. And you know, I send you right. a quick text, and I know you're on it. You, I think one of the things about your brand is that. You follow through. Mm-hmm. You, um, that's another thing probably I can credit your parents for, right? That that, that good, solid work ethic, right? Um, right. You follow through. You are, um, you, when you say you're going to take care of something, you take care of it. And I know that when you, when you've said that, I can leave it alone. And so I think because of that, we know that the work is in good hands. Um, I want, if, if you could, tell me what a daily schedule looks like for you. Well, I have, we have a, a Ricardo and I, my, the commissioner, Ricardo mm-hmm. Morales, we make, during the year, we have a year by the month mm-hmm. in March, April, May, June, what we would like to do. Yeah. 
what we are intent to do, mm-hmm. like whether it's summer, it's mowing, or in the winter, it's summertime is also in-house paving, potholes, uh-huh. whatever we're doing, there's a list on there. But in the morning daily thing, I'll come in, it's either a text, mm-hmm. an email, several phone calls, and if something's going on, it doesn't matter who, mm-hmm. what, or where, if yep. it comes from above me, or the fire department, or the police department, or the school department, and there's stuff the way we stop what we're doing, mm-hmm. and this is what we're doing today. Like today, I was, what are we doing today? I said, a storm came down. It took a day to go through that storm, and mm-hmm. it takes a day or two to clean up after that storm. Yep. And now I have an issue as of this morning. Somebody went out on the causeway, and they made a mess. They threw up barrels in the water. They moved all the barriers. Okay, this is where we're going. Zico say, my former, what are we doing? I said, this is what we got to do right now. Then huh. let's go. We'll go back to what? We, it's like we play, why? You can never make plans on a daily without being interrupted, and that's what we do. We're a public service. When there's service needed, mm-hmm. I, I, Mayor Tyre, when she offered me, and it, they said they gave me this job, she mm-hmm. said, you don't need to know everything. I was a little nervous. Mm-hmm. And she says, what I do need you to do is what you do best, be a leader. Mm. And a leader was taught to me from my parents, number one, And I have three rules when I'm working or coaching or whatever they're doing. And I said, number one is my family. Mm -hmm. Number two is my work, what we're doing. And number three is whatever we're doing, Mm -hmm. my coaching and my plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if one and two aren't ready, Mm -hmm. then I can't go do number three. Right. One and two adds up to three. Mm -hmm. And it... It's that's just what I live by. And and that's the way I was taught to do it. And it seems to be a great formula. Right. Um, Because it's just how it goes. It's... You got to have those things in order. And I relate everything I do to coaching that I've learned. And kids and coaches say this all the time. You learn more playing sports, football, basketball, baseball, about life than you do with life trying to teach kids and whatever they're doing. Because when you're playing a sport, if you're coaching a sport as a coach, you are teaching respect. You are teaching responsibilities. You're teaching them how to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Work with other kids, mm-hmm. work with other people, be partners. And there's so much to, so much about life that they're learning. Mm-hmm. Hopefully while they're having fun and you're teaching them to do it is how I learned it. And it's a, it's a great system. Same with my crew at working. I mean, we don't always have fun what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but but we, this is what we do. Oh, well, you know, but we've already seen the first snowfall of the season, and I'm sure there will be plenty more. What are the most important things that you want people to keep in mind as we're entering this new season? Um, it's, I'm going on my third winter mm-hmm. in this season. I think we're getting better and better each year. Mm-hmm. My, my commissioner commends me for and my guys. I can't say enough about my crew. When I'm, they're called upon, they work crazy hours. They work in absolutely crazy conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I've called on them, um, they respond. Sometimes takes longer than others. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't always prepare for New England weather like the other night. Right. We didn't know we were getting, and we were hoping to go home by 8, 9 o'clock. We wound up being there until uh, 4 in the morning the next day. Wow. So, And to have them respond. And, and stay with me and, until we're cleared and we get these roads safe. Mm-hmm. It's a great privilege for me to speak about them and their efforts and how they mm-hmm. and what they do. They're called upon all hours of the day when right. I need them. And it's, I can't tell you when it's going to snow mm-hmm. or how much we're going to get it. I probably wouldn't be the superintendent. <laughs> I would be working on Channel 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that's important, Vinny, for people to know because oftentimes, you know, people have perceptions about what Mm -hmm. the city is or isn't doing and i often say the perceptions are are your perceptions are based on what you see and what you know so if you have limited information or maybe limited insight into a particular situation your your perspective is going to be shaped by that so Mm -hmm. what would you want people to know about your team i want you to know they're 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 dedicated they're hard working um I ask you one favor, be patient in a storm that when they're that and then they're that size or that big, um, especially where there's ice and stuff involved. Um, we have to be careful ourselves in those situations. Um, I think patience is a virtue, and I know we want instant gratification all the time when it happens, but fortunately the city's too big 
for us. I don't we're not I don't say we're understaffed because I'm finally fully staffed for the first time in nice. probably ten years. Great. It's a it's a big difference. I do recount mm-hmm. and rely on um, the contractors. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be an issue somewhere. Something comes up, but mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Things that we, we work on very hard to fix. Mm-hmm. This last storm, I have three complaints, mm-hmm. which is minimal to what we normally get. Mm-hmm. And I will write them down. I will talk to the contractor. Went there. It's a very simple fix. Mm-hmm. Okay. But again, patience. Right. I asked for patience for them. I was, God bless my secretary that passed away. I have a new one in there. Uh, Megan, she's mm-hmm. phenomenal. We have a phone. We have somebody answering the phone now. I mm-hmm. ask people to call okay. with their um, complaints on it, mm-hmm. or they can go on a solid directly mm-hmm. and um, put their complaints in, which we try to pay attention to every day. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if it don't get cleaned up the first day, I know we inherited a lot of solids, so we're trying to get it cleaned up enough right and for folks who may not know a seller is like it's pit smart right pit smart our, our um it's our app where if you have an issue you can just go right to your app say what your issue is where your issue is located and the team will be on it right right we will work together and see what we can do on it some things trump other things mm-hmm. again in the storm i'm i'm out doing today what mm-hmm. i didn't expect to do already mm-hmm. and um we'll get that cleaned up and we'll move on and there's nothing that no fires that we can't put out. Right. I don't, you know, and I'm not. We're not superheroes, but right. we're. But you're close to it. <laughs> my kids think so. <laughs> oh, Vinny, yes, your 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 family loves you. And Vinny, I, I was going to ask you what you enjoy doing in your spare time. But I saw, did you like build new cabinets or something like that? It was um, redoing our kitchen. But see, we we live in a log cabin, so it's all one floor. Oh. So it's kitchen, living, dining. In your spare yeah, time. In the spare time. The spare time are my grandkids. Yeah. My other kid, my my own kids, watching them play this summer and stuff that they're, they're doing. And I love it. Um, there's not a lot of downtime in the Barbarata house. We call that Camp Barbarata. Right. Um, most people welcome. <laughs> there's times I come home and there's people there. I don't know who they are. I said, it's, um, Carrying where on you the tradition. Think that came from. <laughs> my da- I think my daughter is yeah. Wonder Woman sometimes because I, awesome. I grabbed. My wife and her this morning, I asked them a couple of questions. Yeah. I said, this is easy. I said, but I I get it with, with all the grandkids and stuff. I said, as long as they don't ask me to name them, right. I'll be okay. <laughs> I said, but I need an actual number. So my daughter sits down, he's checking all these numbers. And two minutes later, she comes up with a number. Oh, no, I forgot. One more oh, great grandchild. Well, that, that happens with a family that big. I mean, someone yeah. is, yeah, it, it, it can happen. So you're forgiven. Right. You are forgiven. So what else do you like to do in your spare time? Um, coach, coach, okay. um, watch the kid. The grandkids are mm-hmm. now getting old enough. They're going to boys club and Love it. I had the privilege to coach my oldest grandson, mm-hmm. um, Jackie's oldest, Xavier yes. and Jada and Tyson are both playing basketball I at the boys it. club. Now it's going, it's entertaining. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it. Ben. Having them home. I love it. And I guess as we round out our conversation, which has been phenomenal, and I have had the privilege of learning more about you, what's one word that you would choose to describe yourself? Well, I reached out to two people. I have two mentors, and um, Jack Quinn and the sheriff. Uh-huh. We do everything together, fundraisers. We have solutions, answers, not yeah. problems. And I asked my daughter and wife this morning, they both said Superman. I asked Jack Quinn, and he told me Ghostbuster. I said, why you say Ghostbuster? He says, because long before them, what's the question? Who are we going to call? Who have we always <laughs> called? And who are we going to call tomorrow? He said, Vinny. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, well, yes, I think I think that's a I, I think, think that's the a, Ghostbuster one would win because sometimes I feel like Superman running yeah. around, but it's not. That's a little well, you're amazing, over the Vinny. top to do it. It's. I don't want to be dubbed as a superhero. Yeah. I'll take the Ghostbuster because who can we call? Yeah. How can we do as our model? So. Well, well, you're amazing, Vinny. And I think both names are fit in. So one, I just want to thank you for joining us today. Everyone, we have just had a great conversation with Vinny, the highway superintendent for the city of Pittsville. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with our next guest, Cheryl Meyer, executive director of Downtown Pittsville, Inc. Stay tuned, everyone. Whoa, like what exactly is happening here? 
WTBR-FM Pittsfield. WTBR-FM is listener-supported radio. That means we depend on your donations to keep the station on the air. All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445-4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'll be glad you did. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. What is One Berkshire? We're the voice of the business community, promoting the region and supporting local business. How do we do it? Through marketing, networking, sponsorships, and advocacy. Whether it's promotion to travelers and second homeowners, or opportunities to network with your neighbors and raise your profile, we've got you covered. So join today. Visit oneberkshire.com. That's the number one, berkshire.com. The preceding public service announcement courtesy of WTBR and Lee Bank. Wheeling the Pathways of Life is a snapshot of the day-to-day experiences of disabled individuals as they navigate the world around us. We wish to shed light on and open your eyes to a new perspective of people with disabilities. Listen to Wheeling the Pathways of Life every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. on WTBR 89.7 FM with a live simulcast on Access Pittsfield, cable channel 1301. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. everyone you're listening to backstory let's hear it on 89.7 wtbrfm with roberta mcculloch dues of the mayor's office in the city of pittsville thanks for tuning in another round of thanks to vinnie barbarada our highway superintendent for the city of pittsville and now it's my pleasure to welcome cheryl meyer executive director of downtown pittsville inc also known as DPI. Cheryl, welcome good morning good morning good morning it's a great morning so for those of, of, of the listeners who may not know, DPI is a membership organization. It's been in existence since 1983 with a primary focus of supporting downtown businesses, property owners, residents, nonprofits, essentially all things downtown, basically. And I should also mention that the city of Pittsville is one of DPI's partners. Am I missing anything? That's a that's that's. Quite. (laughs) I think you've got it. I think you've got it. I know. You had to think about that one. (laughs) All right. So you've been in your role for four years. And prior to your work with DPI, you've had quite an interesting career with many different roles and working in various fields, both in the Northeast and the South. But I always like to take it back a little bit. Before you embarked in your career, there seems to have been an emphasis on the arts. This was reflected in both your undergraduate and graduate studies. Did you initially think of doing something related to the arts? You know, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> um, in gra- in um, undergraduate school, mm-hmm. I just I wanted to be an art major. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my portfolio got me into the art school, so I just went with that, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I don't think that I was thinking necessarily about career at the time, mm-hmm. which is what you're supposed to be thinking about when you're in college, but um, I, um, and and the learning, everything that I learned in undergraduate school and my love for the arts mm-hmm. um, and being a painter and yeah. a mixed media artist, yeah. Um, led me to get my master's okay. in arts administration because okay. there's it's hard to work in the arts field. It well, really is. well, I mean, I think the term struggling artist came about for a reason. And so obviously there has to be a love of it. Did you come from a family of artists? I did. Oh, yeah. My grandparents, um, um, my father's parents were both artists mm-hmm. um, and my mother's parents were both um 
philanthropist oh. um, of the arts. Okay, yeah. so you had arts all around you. Yes, and I was exposed to Broadway, and you know, my my, my grandparents were in, near, in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and so I was exposed to every museum, and love it. It was very cultural family. There's something about being exposed to the arts because. Um, it, it really expands your worldview. Mm. It makes you think without actually realizing what you're learning at the time. Right. When you're a kid, you think, oh, this is fun. But the experiences that you're taking in going, I mean, I grew up in the Bronx. I always tell folks I grew up in the Bronx. So going to the Museum of Natural History, um, places, there were just places you went in the city, the uh, MoMA. Um, mm. It's just sort of part of the experience of taking in the culturals and the arts and it really creates a really vibrant and rich background for which you can build upon right. as an individual right absolutely so tell me at what point did you realize all right i have this great you know arts background i come from this great arts family all right so i'm going to graduate now and i'm going to maybe switch up my vision was there something or some impetus that made you decide to make a switch to go a different path well you know i was an art teacher in the peace corps mm-hmm. <clears throat> um and, and we're going to talk more about your peace corps experience uh, okay, okay yeah okay um so i found it very difficult to I've only had one job in the arts, mm-hmm. actually. Um, but, you know, in graduate school, in the arts administration graduate school, they tell you, go get a job in higher education development okay, and learn about fundraising. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to run an, an, any kind of nonprofit, you need fundraising experience and a lot of it. And so that's what I did. Okay. And so that's why there's I have a lot of experience in, ba- in my background in development. Uh-huh. That would make sense. I I did wonder about the trajectory of that. I'm like, from the arts, mixed media, to to fundraising. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So tell me a little bit about after graduation, you made the decision to enter the Peace Corps. I I need to know more about that because I think that's so (laughs) fascinating to me because not everyone does. Yeah. um, I I think um, I really wanted to get out of the United States. Mm-hmm. I wanted to experience um, another culture, learn a different language, um, just experience life in a different in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, you know, I was I went to UMass Amherst, and they had a Peace Corps recruitment office, and I went, and I just on a whim asked, you know is there any way that I could be an art teacher or do something in the arts? And they were like, actually, yes, which shocked me. Oh, Um, So, and I don't know if that program still exists Mm -hmm. in the Peace Corps, but um, I I got lucky. I got really lucky and I was able to be an art teacher in a small village. So, so you went to Ghana, is that correct? That is right. Was that something that they said, we have this assignment in Ghana, or did you have any choice in selecting where you wanted to go? You know, it's interesting because they, they ask you, you know, I mean, you have, it's a vast mm-hmm. application process, but I spoke Spanish. Okay. So I thought that I would be going to a Spanish-speaking country, mm-hmm. um, but where the arts programs were were not in Spanish speaking countries. They uh-huh. were in mostly in Africa. Okay. Um, so I was pretty open. Okay. I'm a pretty open person, pretty <laughs> flexible. Yes, you are. And so I you know, I was like, Well, I'll go wherever my priority is I wanna I wanna be teach I wanna teach arts or do something in the arts. So um, Ghana was it. Okay. Yeah. So um, it was what? Let's say 1990, 1996. 96. Yeah. Okay. So 1996, uh, you pack up. Did you have any kind of, I mean, did you, were you like, I'm ready? Did you say, all right, um, here are my few belongings. I'm packing it up. I'm ready to go. Was there trepidation? I mean, I know it was a while ago. 96 was a long time ago. But um, do you recall how you felt as you were making that trip over there? I think I was, I felt very excited Mm -hmm. um, to take on a new adventure. Um, I didn't have any great expectation. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I knew I wanted to be part of something big. 
is part of something else. Um, and I just took it in stride and, um, you know, learned a, learned a lot. So tell me a little bit, Cheryl, because you're right. Um, this is almost an experience that not a lot of people get a chance to experience. Mm. I know, full disclosure, I wanted to go to Ghana. Yeah. We Well, with the rope group, um, mm. we actually had a trip planned to go to Ghana, but of course, COVID. Mm. So we had to, um, to, to, to postpone it. But um, Ghana is a wonderful place. And I'm sure that when we actually have the opportunity to go, I will be able to see that firsthand. But could you um, share any kind of, you know, memories of your experience when you arrived there? How did you build relationships and build camaraderie with um, with with people whom you were joining their community for the first time? Right. And as an outsider. Absolutely. A very outsider. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I lived in a yeah. small village yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Um, I was the only white person mm-hmm. in my village. Um, there were other, there were missionaries and other programs like that. Yeah. Um, but not in my village. Okay. And it was very rural. Okay. Um, and my village had never had a Peace Corps volunteer before. Okay. Um, so... It was it was really challenging, um, but the people in Ghana are so warm and friendly. It's <laughs> ridiculous. They're so friendly. Um, I never felt afraid. I always had somebody had my back. Yeah, um, and they were always happy to see me. And what I think did they call you, Cheryl? They call me Sister Ama. Okay, so Sister Ama. So there's day names in Ghana. So okay. every there are seven names for boys and seven names for girls. Mm-hmm. And Saturday born girl is Ama. Okay. So I'm Ama. Ama. Okay. Saturday born. I like that. I like that. All right. So in terms of building that that um that trust, did you have to um did you have to do it? Could you just be yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um I mean I am naturally good at building relationships Mm -hmm. and um being kind of a celebrity didn't really hurt Um, wait let's talk about that a little bit so you (laughs) did how did you arrive at the celebrity status just by being a white person got it okay yeah okay yeah and because you were different i was different very different very different Hmm. had they seen a white person before um some of the children had not okay um, but most of the adults had, had okay, yeah, through the missionaries, the mis- right? And, and um, you know, people travel, but kids don't really travel, right? Like little kids don't really go to other places. So you are very fascinating to them. Yes. Okay. The- <laughs> yes. Lots of touching. Lots of like touching me and then screaming and running away and um, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I'm sure after the initial phase, then they realize, oh, Sister Alma's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Made lots of friends, and I learned the language mostly from the kids. Okay. Um, you know, I had to teach. I had. To, I was supposed to teach in English, mm-hmm. but as I picked up the language, and I realized that not all the students really spoke English all that well. Mm-hmm. Um, that I learned the language a lot from the kids. Was it easy for you to pick it up? It's pretty easy. Okay. Yeah, it is pretty easy, and we had an immersion. Um, like nine week program mm-hmm. before like a training before we went to our villages okay so we did take we did take some language so classes. you had some background. some background so it wasn't just like fresh into it okay well all right that's a different at least you had something something okay well that that's important um do you still retain any of twi um uh a tiki tiki Okay. Is that somewhat something? A little bit? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Um, do you, and I think in Pittsville, we have we have a, a nice, sizable, um, you know, African community and members of the African community. Um, some are from Ghana. Have you ever been able to make connections with folks here? You know, it's so funny because I meet people once in a while mm-hmm. and I can hear them speaking Chui. Mm-hmm. And then I'll turn to that, like, in a store, and I'll turn to them and say, in Chui, I'll say, Wufrihi, like, where are you from? Okay. And they just 
look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> like, did I just hear correctly? And th- will they say, excuse me? Yeah. Okay. They're like, what? And then they're so excited, <laughs> so excited that I can speak Chui or that I, or not that I can speak it that well but anymore, but um, that but I'm speaking their language. Cheryl. Yeah. It's yeah. fascinating. And the fact that you can actually pick up your ear can pick it up mm-hmm. and you recognize it. Yeah. 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 That's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess the same thing is like if I'm in the store, I can hear if someone's Jamaican. Mm. There's a lilt that um, and all the Caribbean islands have their like different lilts. So like my stepmother, she's from Trinidad. So Mm. her lilt is I always like to say it's a little bit more sing song. Mm. Um, So you can actually pick up the the um, the undertones off the accent. And so your ear is very attuned to that. Exactly. Uh, So. After this amazing experience where you immersed yourself in the culture, you built these great relationships. By the way, do you still retain any kind of connection to to, to Ghana in any way? Yeah, I have um, uh, one of my students is one of my closest friends. Wow. Um, she is not that much younger than me. Yeah. Um, and she has three children. And it's, it's a long story, but basically... Um, I raised money for years to send her to gra- to um, undergraduate school, so she actually has a job now. I love it. Um, she has three kids, and is she still in Ghana? And she's in Ghana. Yeah, she's never left. That means you must have made an impact, Cheryl. Yeah, yeah, she's wonderful. She's a wonderful person. Well, Sister Ama, you've done well. Moya, <laughs> Dian. Okay. Yes. I don't speak tweet, but I think that's it's something good you that you said. You have done well. Yes. Um, so tell me, after this great, rich, and rewarding experience, you then um, switch gears and come back to the United States. And you were there for two years. So how was it to, one, transition back to the States? Because when you were in Ghana... As an art teacher, you you had to be creative. There were things that you didn't always have access to. And we know here in the United States, this is, for, for the most part, the land of abundance. How are you able to make that mental switch and settle back into life out here? You know, it was, it was really difficult mm-hmm. because we have so much. We, are, we live in the land of plenty. And um, Ghanaians do not. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it really upset me, actually. Um, I went to a Target when I got back, and it was completely overwhelming, the amount of stuff mm. that you can buy and the different kinds of stuff of the stuff. Right, right. <laughs> um, just like 18 million variations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So um, it it was upsetting because Guineans have very little, mm-hmm. very little. Hmm. Um, so it was definitely um, challenging and I still feel that I hmm. still feel that I still feel like wow we have so much and we don't even know it how do you battle those feelings um, and, and, and that awareness because obviously you have this background this experience that has really brought in your awareness versus someone who may never have maybe left their community and so they don't have this heightened awareness are there things that you're doing today to say to counter that level are you involved with certain things I know you still have your connection to your former student? Are there other ways that you channel your um, uh, these concerns through? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I just try to be thankful for what I have mm-hmm. and to um, remember that not everybody has everything that we have. Right. And our, our friends right here in Pittsfield don't have. That's right. Everything that... I have. Right. Right. So it's a, a constant state of, of gratitude, awareness, and, and giving back when you can. Right. Okay. Um, what a rich experience, Cheryl. Mm, yes. What a rich experience. Um, I want to switch gears now and talk about your work with DPI because half of your tenure really has been marked by before COVID. I, yeah. And I, still going on with COVID, yeah. right? Um, and, and so, one... How we, we know that businesses and organizations had to master the art of the pivot to stay afloat. What were some of the things that DPI did to uh, maintain um, engagement among its members during mm. this time? 
Well, we did extra outreach. Mm -hmm. So going to businesses even more, um, talking to people, really listening Mm -hmm. um, to what businesses had to say, Mm -hmm. um, supporting them in every way that we could. Mm -hmm. So we launched a gift card program um, that is very popular right now because it's around the holidays. So people are buying gift cards um, that can be spent anywhere downtown at 24 locations right now. Okay. Um, and and if they want that list, they can go to uh, downtown Pittsfield. Yep, right on the homepage. homepage. There's a, okay. Right on the on the top screen, okay. there's a gift card. Got it. Um, icon. Okay. But please continue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and we um, really, um, we well, we did stuff like instead of having restaurant week mm-hmm. in March, we had restaurant month mm-hmm. where we tried to do a whole month long promotion of go out to eat, get delivery, get takeout, um, any way that we could support businesses. And we listened to the businesses as well. Like, what what can we do? What can we do here? Um, to help you. Um, so the businesses were, um, you know, have been struggling. Um, some some are doing better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that has to do with promotion, mm-hmm. marketing. Right. Um, and not all of our members have that capacity right. or know-how. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try and do it for them. Hmm. Okay. Um, You know, we're just talking a little bit about the holiday season. And are there some things that I'm sure there's a newsletter that comes out um, in terms of things that people can find? Is that one of the best ways for people to stay connected to like the special deals and initiatives? Absolutely. Okay. So can they subscribe to that? Yes. Right on our homepage, downtownpittsfield.com. There's a subscribe button. Okay. And what can they find when they subscribe to this newsletter in general? So there's a weekly email that goes out. Mm-hmm. That talks about a variety. It's it's very it's very um, visually um, appealing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it talks about all the deals going on downtown, mm-hmm. what you can events that are happening, um, and especially especially now sales and things like that. Yeah. I was going to say that's a biggie because um, people want to get the deals, and I think shopping local is so important. We have so many options at our disposal, but these are businesses that are comprised of our friends, our family, our loved ones. So support. And our local economy. That's right. And small business is the fabric of of our our economy. So um, definitely, if you can, check out that newsletter, subscribe, find out what deals, and you might find something that you like. So tell me a little bit, Cheryl, because I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. You know, I know there are a lot of opinions about downtown. How do you navigate the spectrum of perspectives while doing this work? Because your work is focused on promoting downtown. Um, But yet you you have to wade through the perspectives um, in a very diplomatic way. Mm. So how do you do that? to ensure that you're able to hear and um, and and hear what folks are saying and incorporate that into what you need to do. How how do you do this work? Hmm, that's very tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talk to businesses a lot, um, and I think that there's just um, quite a variety of struggles going on out there right now. And um, I forgot where I was going. It's okay. <laughs> there were the struggles, right? Um, I just, I just really think that businesses need our support, yeah, and yeah. Um, and our promotion and mm-hmm. everything that we offer, mm-hmm. whether or not they're a member, right? So tell me to to piggyback on that. Then, how what would you want? the public to know about that? How can they help? How What can they do to um, to be a part of, you know, moving everything forward? Shop local. Mm-hmm. Um, visit stores. If you don't want to visit a store, but you see something that you like online, like on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, retweet it, mm-hmm. share it. Um, support that local business in that social media way because it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. It goes a long way. Share your, if you have a past experience at a business, Mm -hmm. show your appreciation for that business. 
okay. online or or wherever your platform is. Right, right, right. Well, good news travels. Yes. Um, so, what's on the horizon for DPI in twenty twenty? Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. We missed a couple of years. <laughs> we, did. we did. We did. You're right. Twenty twenty two. You know. <laughs> You're like, well, do you want me to go backwards? Uh, no, yeah, 2022. <laughs> I don't want to go backwards. No, no we don't want to go backwards. No. Yeah. Um, well, we have, um, it, you know, it's so hard to plan mm-hmm. anything because we don't know what's happening. Like, we would like to have our annual meeting in person in May at the Beacon yeah. Cinema Phoenix Theaters um, like we used to. Mm-hmm. Um it's hard. But we don't know if we can do that or we not. We don't know. So, um, but we're definitely doing restaurant week. Um, When's that? That's in March. Okay. The first week in March. Okay. And beyond that, there's not that much planned. Um, we'll do a downtown cleanup in May. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll hopefully do another downtown cleanup helping. Uh, we partnered with Pittsfield Beautiful this past mm-hmm. year in, in the fall. That was great. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll do that again to help Pittsfield Beautiful. Um, and will we see our ambassadors? Will they be coming back? Absolutely. Okay. We have our ambassador program coming back in um, July 1st. Okay. And they say through Labor Day. Um, I'm just trying to think of other events that we do that I don't know if we're going to be able to do it or not. But it's been two years since we've been able to do the Downtown Festive Frolic, which was yeah. such a successful event. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we can do that in December of 2022. We're hoping. Yes. We're hoping. I think that I think that is sort of like the signature um, undertone for mm. for all of the work that we're all doing because we don't know everything is contingent, you know, on the data. So I guess we all have a wait and see approach. Um, but I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about your your uh, your foray into community engagement. And you uh, participated in Citizens Academy. Mm, I did. Ah, uh, so for folks who may not know, Citizens Academy. Um, this was something that my colleague Catherine Van Bremer. Um, she is a government geek. <laughs> that is her term, not mine. But she loves all things government, and so she really wanted a way for people to um, our community members to have an immersion um, into how local government works. So this is a program um, that um, members are um, community members are able to participate in over several weeks and they basically hear from different departments within city government to learn more about the workings. Um, they learn basically the, the, the rubrics right of, of, of city government. And so Cheryl participated in that. And what was that experience like for you? Um, I thought it was terrific. Uh, I learned so much and that's important for me for my job to know excuse me Uh, um, you know the inner workings of the city Mm -hmm. and it was eye opening Mm. eye opening yeah I think it's one of those where I always say when you're outside looking in you're only able to see your perspective from that vantage point but when you're able to actually come inside your 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 um your perspective is broadened in so many ways, and I think that's what Citizens Academy accomplishes. So, for those who um, would you recommend this program? Absolutely, okay. yeah. I thought it was fabulous. Great. It was super fun. I'm still friends with some of the people that were I was in the cohort with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a wonderful experience for sure. Yeah. All right. And if you had a main takeaway, what what would that be from from your experience? That there's so much that goes on in city government that we just have, mm. we just don't follow. We just don't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. Right. And there's so much that goes into it. So much hard work. All right. So for those who are interested in learning more about Citizens Academy, you can go to cityofpittsfield.org. And um, there's more information available online. Uh, Cheryl, before we, we close out, um, you still create as an artist. You're still doing mixed media paintings. Do you showcase your work anywhere? Um, you know, Soma's Aromas wants to show my stuff. Oh, nice. Um, so I'm working on figuring out that. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. So can we, is there a way we can follow you? Like, will we have, no, like, how will we know that you're in, so you know, that, that location? Well, I'm sure she'll announce it. Okay, good. <laughs> she okay. announces all her new Very nice. artisans. Um, but um, you can follow me at Cheryl Myrer Art and Design on Facebook. 
Very nice. I always like to have my guests give a plug so that people can learn more about them. And if you had to choose one word to describe you, what would that be? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, creative. Okay. Creative. I like that. I think that sums you up. <laughs> I think that sums you up. Cheryl, uh, it's been great. Cheryl, a.k.a. Sister Ama, it, it's been great. Um, I learned a lot about you, and um, and I think our listeners did as well. Everyone, you've been listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the Mayor's Office in the city of Pittsville. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day. 